Hello, humans. This is Emily Smith here with the Vine Down. I'm here with my dear, like legit friend, Jennifer Longard. Jen and I met uh, in 2009 when Jen joined Alloy, and I was with a couple of companies ago. And we have a long history of many pranks and many shenanigans. Jennifer, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Em. And uh, I did bring like a, a guest for you. Um, avocados from Mexico. There's a story. There's a story. Everyone just, I'll tell you the story. Emily, the first time I met her, I thought she was a little bit on the odd side because I sat next to her at the gate at the airport and she was frantically taking stuff out of her bag and this whole avocado just like rolled out of her backpack onto the floor. And I was like, um, do you mind my asking why you have an avocado in your bag? It's a great snack, Jen. It's a great snack. So now, uh, fast forward to a thousand years later, um, <laughs> I did surprise her at NACAC this year by basically chucking an avocado at her. At it's, her a, booth. it's a good feeling to like have somebody who knows you well enough to like show up like 10 years later with, with the like piece <laughs> of produce like at a conference. I mean, and I love it. <laughs> cough, cough. Yeah. You know, now I've actually taken, I've taken to taking fruit on trips, Jen. And now I just take, like, I take an apple with me and I leave home in Colorado and I take an apple and then I like take the apple to like a couple weeks ago, I took the apple to DC and then I didn't eat the apple. And then I just like flew the apple home. So essentially now I'm like, just like taking fruit on trips. Is it the same apple that you keep taking with you? No, 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 no. Like each time I go on a trip, a different piece of fruit gets to go. And I keep thinking like, well, if I need to, I can eat the fruit, but like I never eat the fruit. So what ends up happening is I just take the fruit on trips. Um, that's funny. I've tried that because I've tried to like take healthy snacks. And I think I had a banana that like stayed in my backpack for two weeks. That's, bad, that's the ba a bad fruit. Like an avocado would have been better. It was, it was horrible. Well, now I think of you every time I eat avocados, every time I have like a smashed avocado kale salad, which like you said, you were way ahead of the time with what you were doing. It's true. It's true. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the healthy eating, but uh, the, the avocado to conferences is a good move. Um, thank you for bringing me an avocado at conferences. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being on the show. I'm so glad you brought an avocado to the show. Um, we are here today, Vine Down audience, to talk about digital in general. Uh, for higher education, we're talking about um, streaming media. Jen is doing some really interesting new things with her new company called Ambio Edu. Um, but yeah, Jen, you've kind of like your your career has really like followed the emergence of digital from like 2010 till today. And I'm curious if you'll share with this audience as we talk about like that your path. What feels really relevant for the audience for hearing about streaming today? It's so funny. I um, Every time I talk to clients, I say, I feel like I'm in a time warp right now. And I'm back to 2010 again and in meetings, talking to people about digital. And so way back in 2010, when I was with Alloy slash Carnegie Now, um, you know, they were the first ones to step into digital. And... Mm -hmm taking that around back then in 2010, nobody's budget had any money allocated to digital at all. Nobody really even knew 
what and retargeting is probably the most basic digital thing there is now. And we talk about it, everybody laughs. But back then, I mean, I remember we had a presentation that was all around retargeting. And that's what it was. And it was like these bubble people on these slides. And it, you know, had Yahoo snapshots. And so I mean, it was so basic. But we were talking to people about, you know, 98% of people you know, we'll leave your website without taking an action. What if you could capture 1% of those, of those students, you know, that would have big implications for your, for your numbers. And it was really funny back then because I felt like I was just saying the same thing over and over. Oh, and just over. like educating, like educating on this, like basic premise of like capturing your web traffic. Yes. And everyone was terrified of it. And I remember being in one meeting and someone being like, um, that's creepy. I'm not going to be your guinea pig. I don't want to do it. And I'm like, well, this is the train is moving and you're either on it or you're not on it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I'm not going to not going to say who that was or the college that they were no longer at now, but that, you know, college has been very late to the game on a lot of things in terms of what they're doing. But it's funny to see that back then, you know, it was constantly, I mean, I remember getting my first contract that was not very big numbers and just being hysterical about it. And then, you know, as watched them grow and progress and now look at where we are with digital, you know, digital's the majority of the budget. It's crazy. So I say that because where I am with streaming right now, streaming services, you know, we're so late to the game with everything in higher ed. We're so like compared to consumer, like compared to other like corporate the and consumer. real world. Yeah. The yeah. real world outside of our bubble. Um, they have they migrate first and then we are 100 steps behind that and so streaming things have been moving in that direction in the real world um for a while and so bringing it to higher ed there are some agencies that have you know brought it and have made streaming kind of part of their plans but it's really always in my what i've seen it's been always kind of an afterthought it's like oh yeah we can add on streaming too oh you want to do some hulu okay yeah we can add that and I think the real reason behind that is because they've never been able to measure anything. And, gotcha. you know, where we are now and like where digital has gone, even it's not even about, you know, back then it used to be about impressions and click through rates and, you know, conversions even. And now at the end of the day, I don't care what you're doing. And you know this as well as I do. The end of the day, the answer is butts and seats. I don't care how you get there. It's butts and seats. And that's really what matters. And so any metrics that you can provide for what you're doing, that's going to, you know, show me that path. Did what I'm spending here, is that contributing to that butt in that seat over here? Um, and with what I'm doing with EMBO, it's the first platform of its kind that we've put together that will actually measure that attribution all the way through. So I'm living in a time warp, taking this newfound thing that people really don't have any confidence in yet and talking about how it can be this amazing, you know, kind of game changer, not the silver bullet because there isn't one, right? But a game changer and really like help across the board with everything else you're doing. So tell me like a use case, like one of the things you and I were chatting about within the last couple of weeks around the FAFSA, which junk show, yay. You've been talking and thinking a little bit about how you can use and bring how you, how you can sort of coach colleges to bring in um, streaming on the FAFSA education. Can you like bring it to life using that use case a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So I think the FAFSA we're in a uh, it's a it's a great 
test case right now for this mm -hmm. particular product service because you know so many of the students that are affected by the FAFSA right now and are the low income students and right. you know the underserved populations and the schools that are most affected by the debacle are those schools that have that serve those students a majority of their population so a conversation i just had a conversation last week with the school um and it kind of opened some doors about you know, getting creative with CTV and, and OTT, so streaming services, and how can you put out a message to these students, whether you're using a list of students you want to target, or if you're like, hey, yeah, I want to target all the high schools in a surrounding area that have, you know, a high percentage of these students, and being able to put together a 30-second thoughtful video um, coming from your institution, just saying, you know, I know this has been a challenging year so far for everybody. And we've extended our deadline. We're here to help you. If you have any questions, we're here. And coming from a place of compassion from a school, that's what video and streaming gives you the ability to do is talk right to the parents, talk right to the students with a message like that, you know, from your university. So I think that we're in a space now that would be an ideal situation for schools to kind of be able to test this out and get that message out there. So in other words, like you can sort of just show up in the homes of whatever, you know, like however many that fits your budget, like you can just like show up in the homes of students and families and sort of work to like bridge, bridge the guidance gap a little bit. And we feel like we own that a little bit at College Find too. Like we think about the tools that are free that we give to students in order to use to create their lists and their profiles and connect them with colleges. Like we're talking about that all the time, about the ways that we can help like close the gap. But like there are sort of just in time interventions that need to happen given what's happening with FAFSA right now in particular, like it's not, things are not following the normal schedule. Things are not following like the normal order. And I think that's really alienating for students and families who are not like in this cycle after cycle, like you or I, or our, our colleagues at, at on the college side, that this is like maybe the first time they've done this. Maybe it's the only time they will have done it. Maybe they didn't go through it as parents, especially for first generation students. Um, and I think about like ways in which the, the str streaming services can help you show up in like uh, just in time ways too. Like, are, do the videos take long for the schools to produce or are they, can you, can you do it quickly? So we can actually do it for them. So I think the big thing for like, I mean, in very inexpensively using assets that they already have. And when I say inexpensive, I mean like $5,000 inexpensive, right? That's okay. not bad. Um, to take assets that are already out there, videos that already exist, we can put voiceover, we can put music to them, um, really put that message across. They can have different variations of the commercial because you can segment within the list. So if you have a certain group that you want to get in front of, maybe with DEI messaging and another mm. one, student service messaging or whatever it is. Yeah, excuse me, the opportunity is there to change it up. And to be honest with you, the thing that I think freaks people out the most about any streaming is that when you say TV, like I was super hesitant to even use precise CTV, like in with my logo and my description, because when I think we're all conditioned, we're conditioned by like the Super Bowl, right? And so we think TV commercial, we think millions of dollars and it's so expensive and did I got to produce it and whatever, whatever. But it's the TV, TVs now are just another digital device. That's it. It's, they're another computer basically hanging on your wall connected to your Wi-Fi. And so when you think about it, the pricing to do anything like that is very 
comparative to digital. I mean, it's almost identical, um, the same. And you can very much segment your market to say and do, you know, to reach whoever you want. Um, I think what you said about getting in front of students to bridge that gap, I mean, that for me, and I know you and I have talked about this, that for me is like a really uh, a sweet spot. And I think having being on the other side of the table as a parent of a college student now um, and going through that and you laugh. Yeah. I mean, anyone that knows my daughter. What's up, lady? Your mom's on the TV. <laughs> um, she is would probably be mortified by that. But having gone through this, having a child who's, you know, in college and has to have to deal with a lot of things over the last couple of years. It has not been like yeah. an easy journey for her. And so I going through that with her, and she's far away. For those of you that don't know, I'm in Chicago. She's in Colorado. Um, having to deal with things from far away made me really start thinking and reflecting on those students and those families that don't have the luxury that we have of living in this bubble and understanding it and knowing who to talk to and the channels and how long things take and where to go. They have no idea. And I have friends that have kids that are getting ready to go to college and they're like, we don't even know where to start. We don't know who to talk to. How do we pay for it? What about financial aid? And I'm like, well, I'm not actually a financial aid advisor, but I mean, I know how to connect you to people. But like, I feel like these families this year are just like this. We don't know what to do. Like we're locked out of the FAFSA. We can't fill it out. We get kicked out. We try to fill it out. We try to answer questions. It doesn't work. We can't get a hold of anyone. Um, I know at a lot of schools, it is very hard to get a financial aid person on the phone with you. So sure. I think that anything, I think the key this year, and I do see a lot of schools that are doing this, and I think it's great. The key is just communication, I think. And, you know, just just keeping those lines of communication open and just reaching out to these students as much as possible to just be like, we're here. Like it will get ironed out and it will all be okay. And we will, it will be okay. <laughs> we just all have to get through this. So I want to go back to something you said earlier, which is like, you, and you went fast over this. You went like, yeah, like we can just segment and identify like the right message for the right people, which is like what marketing is, right? It's like what enrollment is. You want to like identify the right message for the right audience in the right medium. And I'm curious about segmentation because, and I, I genuinely don't know the answer. This is like digital and streaming art is not my, is not my place, not my zone, but I'm curious, like how segmentation works, how granular can you be? Because something that you and I talk about all the time, like every time I see you, we talk about how we're not in like the chapter of doing things at high volume anymore, right? Like schools shouldn't actually be buying hundreds of thousands of search names. You can have a successful funnel with lower volumes if you're making the right plays. And I'm curious from your perspective, that would start with segmentation. Like what's possible on the streaming side? Well, I think so anything's possible with it. So I think one thing we'll focus on in higher ed is being able to take specific high schools that you want to identify as a university, whether they're it's a new market you want to try to break into and you need to increase that brand awareness or if it's, you know, schools that you typically are getting students from, you know, we can take any of those high schools and the secret is all in mobile mobile ID device capture. So we capture mobile ID devices while the students are at school, basically not serving up ads to them while they're there, but just being able to basically draw a virtual fence around that uh, location, identify those mobile IDs. Every phone has a mobile ID associated with it. So you're grabbing that mobile ID data and you're, you're holding it essentially. And I, 
you wouldn't even call it like a cloud. I call it the cloud. It's not really the cloud, but we grab the mobile app. <laughs> In essence, it's probably downloading to a CSV file somewhere. I don't know, but I, that's that's very tech over my head, okay? <laughs> go somewhere. Okay, so you're saying like kids have devices at school and like while they're at school, they're using things that ping back and forth. 100% um, all the time. Fun yes. story, when I had to burn up a non-compete between ed tech companies, I worked in um, cell phones for a year. So I'm actually really familiar about this. Um, I left, it's true, I left for one year. Things didn't actually change in enrollment at all. But like, I'm familiar with what you're saying. So kids take phones to school. They use the phones at school. We know which phones have gone to a certain school. Correct. And then that data is stored. And then those kids take those devices home. And then. Right. So every home has a household ID assigned to it and associated with it. It's essentially your 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 mailbox address, right? So you know that 816 Center Street is really 816 Center Street. And I probably shouldn't have used my regular address, but that's what it is. So uh, <laughs> anyone want to send me a card? I like getting mail. Okay. So how we match up that mobile ID device ID to the household device okay. ID. We can match those together. And then what happens is with that household device ID, then we can get in front of any device that's in that household, right? So not just, so CTV is the TV on the wall. If you think about definitions, because a lot of people are like, I don't even know what CTV stands for. Is what is the C in CTV? I don't it's even know. Connected. It's connected. Connected. Okay. So it's like a, a smart TV on the internet. Okay, cool, cool. Correct. Big TV on the wall. Think CTV. OTT, which you'll hear those used interchangeably a lot. OTT is really across devices in the household. So that could be someone streaming on their iPad, someone streaming on their computer, on their phone, whatever. So you can do that both, get across all devices in the household using that household ID. But okay. then that magic happens in there because we have that household ID identifier, we can see when commercials are shown in the households, exactly that ID. And then what did people do after they saw those commercials? And within what time frame did they do it? So did they go to your application page? Did they actually apply? Did they go to the financial aid page? So you're looking at all of that last click attribution, like what did what are the steps that they took after they saw the commercial? And was it within a relative time frame that we can attribute that to the commercial being shown in the house? But when you talk about segmentation, so now you're looking at being able to segment by actual high schools you want to target. So you can think, I want to target STEM schools. I want to target um, students or schools that have a higher um, minority population. Um, I want to target, um, you know, all girls schools, college prep schools, whatever it is. You, I mean, you can get very granular with it, but then you can also do list-based targeting. So I have schools that are like, Hey, can we do yield? Yeah, you can do yield. The trick with yield is that when you're dealing with smaller numbers like that, you usually have to combine those list sizes with something larger. So you oh, might because have you, yeah, it's like too small to Okay. It is. Yeah. And that's, it's not like an Ambio minimum. It's kind of a, just like a server, the platform minimum. So what I would recommend then is like, if you had, let's say 500 or a thousand kids that were yield that you want to get in front of, fine, let's combine those thousand with maybe like 5,000 juniors that you want to reach or 10,000 juniors or something you want to get in front of. And then within that you can segment it. So you can send a different commercial to these five, you know, thousand students and then another one over here. You can also do it by demographic information and first party data. So consumer data. So if you're like, you know, I really want to target um, households that have purchased high, you know, luxury vehicles 
in the last couple of years or that drive, you know, Alexis. I don't know. I'm just pulling that out. Um, you can do that. So there's, I mean, it's any number of demographic things, especially with when we're looking at like household income and things like that. Very important, obviously, degree holders, like what's the right. highest degree in the household. So yeah, any number of things. But going back to like tying this back even to what you do when you said, you know, and again, you and I talk about this, like stop buying 8 million names. Like that's not the answer. Stop doing it. Um, and it's it's very hard to to get away from it, right? Because you get locked in for so long and it's like stepping off of a cliff, but you really yeah. can make your numbers and yield things by, I, this is my, I'm going to, I think I'm going to get a t-shirt. Maybe I'll bring you one to like the next time I see you, maybe SACAC. I think we're both there first, right? That yep. just says work smarter, not harder. Um, because I feel like that is going to have to be our mantra in higher ed in the next couple of years. Oh, um, I wanted it to be the mean girl quote, get in loser. We're going shopping. <laughs> we wear pink on Wednesdays. <laughs> Okay. So I almost made fun of you a few minutes ago when I said, like, tell me about segmentation. And your answer was like, well, we can do whatever we want. And I was like, ha, 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 ha. Like, no, you can do whatever you want. Like, you can buy individual, right? Like, buy individual device and household. So you could segment on, like, for, for families with whom there isn't a degree, like, a high degree holder in the family. You could run programs on um, like education around like being a first gen student and what that means. It's more like bridging the guidance gap First households with a high level of education. You might be talking about like more like, you know, step three, four things like come and visit campus or like, here's how you would apply. Okay. So this really can be like a small volume targeted game with measurable outcomes, because like, that is the question I will ask all day long. Anybody who's seen the show will know that like my first question always is like, how do you know it's working? Yeah. And you're saying with attribution based on a certain amount of time, is there a best practice for att attribution on time? Like, is it weeks? Is it days? Is it hours that they have to go take the action that it's an attributable to the ad thing? Like, tell me more. So funny. So that's something that on our reports we measure. So we look at that. I will say that what we've seen is like for every school, it's different, but typically what we've seen is about three to four times it takes before they take an action. They see a commercial, they take an action. After yep. you get to about 10 times, it literally, it, it stays the same. It's pretty status quo at 10. Okay. So the magic number I would say is usually between like three and 10 impressions, like in a month or a commercial being shown in a household in a month. Um, but the great thing about it is that it doesn't take any time to ramp up. So it's not like digital, right? Where you have kind of a learning period. You have like a couple of weeks where oh, you really yeah. start like to warm something up. Yeah. Like yeah. train a model and warm something up. Yep. Exactly. This is like turn it on and it's live. And, you know, you start to get information about, you know, you start to understand your audience in terms of what types of channels are these showing up. Everything is optimized on the back end based on behavior and, you know, the types of students you want to reach, what channels are they watching, where are they going online, the types of websites they're looking at. Again, because everything is tied back to the internet, you can do retargeting with CTV. That I think blows a lot of people's minds is that if someone Ooh, goes, slow that down. I need more, I, I need, yeah, I need to I slow blow your mind. So you go to someone, goes to your admissions page we can retarget them with a commercial. So now we get okay. from on OTT, on across devices, on their TV. Um, so really, it's like I said, it's no different than, than digital in terms of targeting and capabilities. I do think the one thing that I love that is there, and I think 
if I were on the other side, if I were in the, the VP of enrollment seat, marketing seat, whatever, this to me would, would be bonkers. So we have what's called always on incrementality testing. And so what that means is that we always have a control group and a test group going at the same time with the audience. So when you're, when you're advertising on streaming, similar to digital, it's um, you're running it through what's called a DSP, which is a demand side platform, which basically okay. think of it as like a, it's an online auction, real time bidding. And like I like to think of them as like the auctioneer. And this all happens in like milliseconds. Sure. So let's say there's available commercial space and it's your audience. And we bid on that. Try to get that space. Don't get it. A person goes into the control group next time this available space here, they see the commercial, they go into the test group. This is always running and always on so that anytime we can go in and pull a report and go, okay, well, this control group is your audience, didn't see your commercials, 15% of them have gone to your site, request information. Over here, this group that has seen your commercials, 50% of them, 60% of them have gone to your site and taken an action. Gotcha. So, so you really can measure the efficacy of like particular ads or particular pieces of content because of that like side-by-side -side testing. Yeah. And I think it's so funny, like higher education in general will say like, well, we need real-time integration between like banner and slate. And I'm like, no, you, you don't. don't. You need something happening like maybe like once an hour, but that's not like a real time. Like you're saying like, this is happening in real time that it's like querying a system, looking for available space and then like shunting one way or the other, like you're seeing the ad or you're not seeing the ad and then yeah. measuring the outcomes for both audiences. Exactly. And that's a big deal. I mean, to be able to have that always on and always going and being able to pull that data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Notice that's a big deal. Um, the other thing that you see when you run streaming is you see what we call a halo effect, which lifts everything else that you're doing. So even if you're doing email outreach to students and communication with them, if you're already doing Facebook campaigns, if you're doing, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, you should see a lift across the board. And we've seen it like triple and quadruple conversion rates by running streaming alongside of digital campaigns. So, you know, there's that bonus too. And there's a reason, there's a reason why we still see TV commercials. I mean, they work, they've been around forever. They work. The funny thing is you'll notice now, especially now that we talked about this, you'll be very cognizant about it when you, when you go online um, and watch TV you'll see a lot of the same advertisers over and over again because it's a lot of the same players in the game. So there is a lot of available ad space. And I just had a school say to me last week, like, I don't see any colleges advertising on TV. And I'm like, no, because they're not. <laughs> like, you have some for-profits that are out there doing it. Um, um, and particularly, yeah. yeah. And they're usually buying space on certain channels. with, And that is very expensive. Like a, that's like a big and broad effort, not like a targeted... A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. So, yeah, I mean, and we have the options. So if you said to me, you know, John, we just really need to get into a new market and we just need all the branding and awareness in front of these families. We don't care about attribution. We just need to break in. I can say, well, we also have something called Ambio Select, which is we've gone out and proactively like done partnerships with these network publishers. So think about like, Lifetime, Hallmark, um, ESPN, um, MLB Network, NCAA Network, like all of those. 
you wouldn't just pick one of those channels and advertise on there because that just wouldn't make sense. But if I said to you, well, I could put together a group of them if you wanted to get in front of, you know, working professionals or parents or something like that, and you really wanted to break into this new area, we have access to all their inventory because of partnerships we formed. And so we can do that at a much lower cost for schools if they were... Um, so there's two different options that they have. One is really attribution. One is really like branding and awareness. Um, but with full transparency on both. So you actually always will see the channels that you appear on as well. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the key, right? Because I think a lot of particularly folks who are making folks in enrollment who are making decisions about marketing activities where like a marketer, dyed in the wool marketer, like, you know, like Jenny, who I had on last week. Oh, I'm having like a Jenny and Jen like doubled up. I should just book Jen through the rest of the year. Um, but we were talking about sort of the difference between sort of enrollment focused activities and marketing activities. And one of the, the things that sort of a marketer would be comfortable with would be like top of funnel things that maybe aren't measurable and maybe happen at a higher volume. Exactly. And you're saying like for the enrollment folks out there who really do need to know if things are working and particularly for the things that like aren't um, aren't just awareness building, but like down to conversion rates and butts and seats, as you say, that there is like, there is a way to do this with streaming and with some of the content you're talking about. Exactly. Absolutely. And I mean, I think it's great too, for if you want to shape your class, like there are some schools that are, you know, have it really good right now and they're overflowing with applications and they're like, we're getting enough applications. We just need to shape what we're doing now. So this is a great way to be able to shape it too. Um, and kind of, you know, assist in other ways. I mean, the other thing too, uh, I think anytime you can add on to something like this with like mobile to social targeting, I think is another benefit. So that's something we offered that you can layer in is basically taking those, um, that those household addresses, those mobile and then household IDs, and you can load them into Facebook or into Meta, into whatever social platform and create your own audience as opposed to, because they've really cut down Facebook use. Like if you think about Meta, it used to be a marketer's dream because there were all these targeting parameters you could use. And just like anything else, they've taken all of that away. And so it's very hard to target people under the age of 18. You can't, I don't even think you can put it in there anymore, right. but we can load up lists to create audiences that match exactly what we've captured from those households. And you can target them that way too. So yeah, there's a whole slew of things that you can do. And, you know, I just say to schools that you know, anything you're doing, whether it's using, you know, College Vine, which I think what you guys are doing is amazing, um, or, you know, and you're doing digital and you maybe are still doing a little bit of search and you're, you know, want to delve into streaming, whatever it is that you're doing, you, know, you really have to have, I think in higher ed, we have to have a holistic approach to everything yeah. that we do. Um, and that everything, you think of everything drives everything else. It's like this ecosystem, right? And they all feed off of each other. And so, you know, however you can work smarter, again, in there um, to add in different tools, I think is whoever can do that and understands how to do that is going to come out ahead in the end. Yeah. And if I were to like pull way back from like all of the things that you've now just taught me about like streaming and the way to target and the way streaming works and the way advertising space is even like purchased and bid bid on, like, if you, if you pull out of the medium, if you pull out of even like TV or streaming or digital, like all of the things that are at the core of what you're talking about are really the best practices that we've known about for a long time, which is like how to be more targeted, 
how to be more effective, how to give a message that's resonant based on the segmentation that you know, right? Like whether that's like, you know, search 15 years ago, we're like, we know some geo demographic stuff and like, that's it. And now you're like, we know everything. And like, we can act on that. But like, those are still the best practices about, you know, really thinking about like the right message for the right audience at the right time. Um, so that is never going to get old, right? Like that, that sort of thinking about effective effectiveness and, um, yeah, that's never going to get old or stale if you're doing that well. No, I, I, and I agree with you. I think, you know, it's so funny. I feel like we have been in this vortex for a while, um, where everybody's just been chasing the number, like this golden magic number in the air. Right. And I'm so, I think we're, we're going to have to get to a point where we stop chasing that number. And we were like, really using the tools that we have at our advantage to really look and make sure we're attracting the right students. We're looking at our bottom line, uh, our net revenue that we're bringing in. Is it the right students? Is it, you know, all of these things that I think theoretically and anecdotally, everybody talks about looking at, but how do we end up with a lot of these schools that have these huge budget deficits, right? Like something is not adding up um, for lack of a better term, something is not adding up, right? And so where do we get to a point where, and I think we're going to get to that point, whether it's the cliff that's coming or whatever, um, you know, we have more of a problem, even with the cliff, I think, you know, we all talk about the cliff, everyone's talking about the cliff, and you know, 2025 is right around the corner. We have a bigger problem than that, even too, I think that, you know, there's this message, overwhelming message across the country, um, that's against higher ed, against college mm -hmm. education, against, you know, getting a degree. Is it worth it? All of these things. And yeah, we, again, we all talk about it on the surface, but what's going to happen, you know, really, if that message resonates and takes a hold, which it is starting to do that in some places, and we don't get ahead of it, we have not accounted for the students that we're going to lose because of that. Right. right. And so, yeah much bigger problem than just the looming cliff, much bigger problem than the things that we talk about. But I sometimes feel like, I sometimes feel like we can only handle one thing at a time. Like it's like- Yeah, that's a luxury we don't have right now because it's not one thing at a time. Like it, it just, it's not like, yeah, maybe we're only set up for that, but like it can't, that can't be true. Right? No, I know. And I just feel like higher ed in general sometimes loses their minds when it's all these things that come down at once, you know, like everything that happened with COVID and going online and virtual and all these things, we all knew it needed to happen eventually. Yeah. But again, we're so slow to adopt and to do things unless our hand is forced. And I just worry so much that our hand is going to be forced in the next couple of years with a lot of other things. And I just feel like there are going to be some schools that are going to thrive because I, there are a lot of smart people out there that I have talked to that I've met yep. with that are ahead of the curve. They're ahead of the game. They're yep. already looking into things like that, which is I'm like, bravo. Awesome. But then there's some that are just treading water, you know, and I just in their even day to day what they're trying to do. So, you know, just trying to get schools to, you know, you you can test, like test, test the waters, test things out. <laughs> don't be afraid to test things um, and just see how they go and see how they work. You don't have to, it's not all or nothing always, right? Okay. Because there's so yeah. many things you have to think about. We talk about all the that all the time with our partners about the testing things. And I, you know, you said something, you blew, sort of blew by something about like me measurability here that I would encourage anybody out there in our audience who's on the enrollment side of things, like 
This is something that if your vendors aren't providing you a very easily digestible look at ROI, whether it's like conversions at any stage of the funnel or attribution, the way you're talking about, like this is what your vendor should be busting ass to give you, like hustling to give you is this ROI data. Um, and if you feel like you have partners where that's not vendor partners who are not showing up with that, like that's the wrong partner for you, right? Like yeah. it has to be, we have to be in this like mindset of being measure, measured results and testing. 1000%. And I, that's been the biggest thing when I go into meetings and talk to people and they're like, oh, well, you know, we talked to our marketing department and they're already, they said they're already doing streaming. And I'm like, okay, well ask them, what kind of reports are they getting back? Are they getting ROI data back? And Oof. I don't just mean views and, you know, completions and views and impressions and all of that. Like, yeah, like it's that, not feeling like, and then like, okay. And so like, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like literally had a call today about that. And I was like, okay, this is what you need to take back to them. And you need to ask them about that and ask them about this. And um, I think so many of them are, and so many over the years, so many schools I've gone into and I'm like, you're spending how much to do something with someone and you haven't gotten a report from them in two months or they are not optimizing your campaigns or they're not what I'm just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like you're basically throwing money out the window. Um, and we can't afford to do that. Nobody can afford to do that right now. No. So, or ever. Um, yeah. So, you know, we talk about um, all these things, like what's old is new again and, and all of that. And I feel like, you know, TV, what's old is new again. TV was cool back then and it's coming around. It's cool again. Um, like Mary Tyler Moore reruns. <laughs> um, <laughs> what'd you say? I was trying to think of old TV. Um, don't laugh at me, but my Samsung, when you, just when you plug it in and turn it on, even if you, just as long as you have Wi-Fi, if you don't even have cable, you don't have anything, um, you can, you get access to their menu and it's all these channels that you can just watch, even if you don't have anything. And that's called fast TV, F A S T. And it's basically free streaming television with ads basically. And so you'll see, um, on these channels, there's like a Degrassi channel. There's a family ties channel, which ages me because I sometimes will watch that in the morning. <laughs> And like my husband will come out and be like, are you watching Family Ties again? I'm like, Shh, it's Michael J. Fox. Don't talk right now. Um, but yes. But so these are the types of channels, too. So that's fast TV. That's a whole other that's outside of even like the regular like what you think of streaming is probably like Hulu, Paramount, Peacock, like Netflix, Amazon, all of those. But then there's also fast TV, which there's a huge population that that's what they watch. And there's channels for anything that you could possibly think of. But there's also like real like yeah. news, news channels, sports channels. Oh yeah. All of it. Um, and we're getting like 80% plus of households are doing, are streaming right now. Um, about 30% of households are on, well, 80% are streaming something across the device. Still about 30% of people are using cable, like Xfinity and streaming through that. So yeah. there's definitely a huge audience and a big opportunity to reach people out there. You've taught me so much. You always teach me so much. I, so. You're going to get a whole fruit basket the next time I see you do. <laughs> I hope so. As long as it's avocados, guacamole. Basket of avocados. What better could be conference food than a basket of avocados? Amazing. Um, Jen, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your friendship and your education on this topic. I'm really interested to keep this conversation going. Um, 
we will post in the comments how we can reach Jen. Um, she's on LinkedIn. She will post your info, Jen, so folks can get in touch with you. But thanks for being here with us today. And I'll see you in a couple weeks. Thanks for having me. I can't wait to see you. It was fun. All right, humans. Be well. Take care. We'll see you next week on the Vine Down.